Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes... Lots of other marvellous benefits and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash iron filings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Tune Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along, it's part two of the current Tune Machine Deep Dive. We're looking at the chart, uh, the top 40, from the 30th of December, 1979, the very end of the 1970s. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a good chart. It's a strong chart. We went through it, um, 40 through it to one last time. Go back and listen to that again if you're not familiar with it. Alternatively, uh, if you're not aware of this, if you go to the officialcharts.com website... You can go into their archive and just put in the date and it'll give you that chart for you to look at. And uh, if you're a chart nerd like I am, surprise, surprise, it's a website you'll spend quite a bit of time on just looking uh-huh. at the charts and, and looking at the ebbing and flowing of the ups and downs and all of that. And Mate, you can just you can, re- really briefly, because we're going to talk about Oh, December there's no need to be brief, Sam. There's really no need no, to be de- brief. December 1979 is the chart we're here to discuss and it's a lot better than any chart that's kicking around nowadays, I'm sure. There's loads of great songs to get through. But um, when you do look on this fantastic website, um, you search for the chart, the, any date mm. you want, and up it pops. Uh, but on the right, they'll always have the current, you know, top 20 just in the yeah. sidebar. And at number one at the moment, it's telling me, is Adele with Easy mm-hmm. On Me. Now, Adele's music is not something that I'm really a fan of. I don't, you know, I know some of the famous songs, but... I just find That's it a bit dull. Same, She's same clearly here. got a wonderful yeah. voice. I'm sure you feel the same way. But I have to tell you something. She's been on the box a lot, hasn't she? Right? And mm-hmm. I've always liked her as a person. I think she's, like, funny and just seems like a nice sort of amusing person sort of thing. Yeah. And so I've always liked her, even though I don't like the music whenever I've seen her interviewed. But also, I just... I've developed... A, I really find her attractive, mate. <laughs> Are you triggered by Adele? I really am, yeah. And I've been yeah. meaning to tell you this all week, actually. And last night, I was thinking, <laughs> i tell you this fucking podcast, the things it do does you, to your nut. Do you want to tell me this off air or are you going to make No, I just thought I must tell Andy that I fancy Adele. It was almost like, yeah. note to self, tell Andy that I fancy <laughs> Adele, right? Yeah, but you know what? And then, but then I, I had a dream I, I, last it, night in which I was telling you, Andy, I've yeah. got something to tell you. And before yeah. I could say it, you went, "It's all right, I know, I fancy her too." And I went, "Who?" Yes. And he went, "Adele, of course." <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. She's very attractive. So there you go. You how, do. How, yeah. how can you not? 
How can yeah, you it's not? hard to not fancy Adele. What was it? What what magazine cover was she on the front of? Was it Vogue recently? And it was the start of the whole comeback campaign. She was on the front cover of Vogue. My God. Fucking hell. She looked incredible. Yeah, she's... I'm, I'm Googling it now. She's always been attractive. Vogue or one of them. Like, and it's just like, but I don't think about her yeah. a lot. But recently, because yeah. she's been back on the, the te- telly a lot, you can't help but think about Sam, are, her. Sam, are you able... Are, are you Googleable at the minute? Are you able to yeah. Google Adele Vogue? I'm Google ready. Google and Adele then also on, on on the Instagram, there was a clip of her, right? And she was doing a celebrity audience with, right? Yes. And um, uh, which is a the, the old celebrity audience with. I know your favourite ever thing is um, what's his name? Uh, Billy Connolly's audience with, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And. It does seem sort of very much of it of the eighties, the celebrity audience with, doesn't it? Yeah, but I yeah. love it that they brought it back for Adele. Fucking hell! Yeah, yeah. Is it <laughs> the one it. with her in the? There's a couple, but is it the one of her in the yellow top? Yeah, yes, yes, it is. With her, <laughs> yes, yeah. it is. Okay, with the, the hair and the and, yeah. and that. Now, now I've upgraded her <laughs> to uh, imperial level sexy. <laughs> I was like, yeah. fancy Adele, mate? Yeah, she is quite nice, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, I think I fancy her. Now it's like, oh, my God, Adele's the sexiest woman <laughs> of all time. She sort of combines classic Sophia Loren with Bridget Bardot there, but yeah. then I chucks mean- in a little bit of sort of North London Cockney with it, which is just everything <laughs> that I look for. Bit of North London filth in her eyes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyway, um, this is just two middle-aged anyway, men perving over yeah, a young singer now. A couple now. of old weird fucking old blo- blokes yeah. perving about a thirty-year-old woman. Top flight perv machine. Yeah, we uh. apologise for that. Um, but um, oh fuck it, I can't remember. Oh yeah, celebrity audience <laughs> with right someone. Yeah. I've got to find out who it was with. Someone as a joke said, "Oh, I really enjoyed watching the celebrity audience with Adele," and he posted a screen grab right. He's very much a, um, uh, I don't know if you and him would get on, but you certainly have a shared sort of fascination and depth of knowledge with kind of, let's say, 80s ephemera, pop cultural ephemera. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, he's a good person for constantly sharing stuff, um, sharing stuff from like 80s TV and whatnot. And it was a screenshot of clearly someone else's, celebrity audience with right, right and yeah. i'll share it on the twitter right right but i what i was astonished by was is that in this shot in the background i'm pretty sure you can see leslie crowther right and Ooh. in the foreground there's quite a lot of footballers of that time including charlie nicholas yeah. and i think like a younger andy gray and right. maybe paul mariner so we're not talking like the elite, elite, elite. We're talking like tramps in London on a fucking yeah. Saturday night in 1983, yeah. right? Well, I but, mean, one of my favourite audience members on the Billy Codley one, Laurie McMenemy. <laughs> oh, this might be it, because it is right. Laurie McMenemy. Okay, so here's right. the thing, and you'll be able to confirm whether this is true, right? So right. Laurie McMenemy is in this picture, but here's the thing that I couldn't get my nut around about how things have changed since the 80s. Is it amidst all these people? I can't see what the shot is from, but now I'm thinking it probably was mm-hmm. Billy Connolly, right? And I'm thinking, 
weird sort of mix of kind of C and D listers, but, you know, mm-hmm. fine, whoever they could get along. In the middle of them is fucking Ringo Starr and his yes. missus, the one who was a Bond gal, right? Barbara Buck. And I'm yeah, thinking, that's the Connolly one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's the Connolly one. But he's sitting with all these sort of footballers, right? And I'm like, <laughs> you're Ringo Starr, mate. You're in the yeah. Beatles. Yeah. What? I mean, I get it. Okay, right. Billy Connolly. Everyone loved Billy Connolly. So he would have gone, hello. No, I'm not. I'm semi-withdrawn from public life. No, I'm just here with my wife. I do my Thomas the Tank Engine, but that's it. I'm not willing to attend any red carpet events. What's that? Billy Connolly. You mean the big yin himself? A celebrity audience with? Yes, I'll I'll be there. Don't worry. I don't. I'll make an exception for the big yin. Well, you're on I, the car. I'll bring my wife. You know, the Bond girl from out of the spy. <laughs> I who forget loves her name me. right now. <laughs> yeah, she's the one out of the spy who loved me, which mm. is actually quite a recent Bond film. So she's still very much in her prime. Yes, I'll be bringing her. Is that all right? Good. Mm. And uh, you say it's a celebrity audience. Who will we be sitting next to? Laurie McMenemy, and remind me who he is. Oh, he is the manager of Southampton. Right. And who else? A a gentleman called Charlie Nicholas. Okay, that sounds fine. Can I just ask you, will Elvis Presley be there? No. Well, why haven't you invited him? Oh, he's dead. Oh, I didn't know that. That's a real shame. (laughs) Okay, well, anyway, that's great. I've written down the details. I'll make my own way there. Don't worry. I'll come probably in my Rolls Royce. TTFN. <laughs> well, yeah, it just seems funny that he sat amongst yeah. all those people. I mean, Ring- Ringo was kind of just not really doing much in the mid-80s, apart from yeah. Brandy. And I don't even, I, he might have got sober by then, I don't know. But um, you've just reminded me there's a great episode, and it's on YouTube, of Aspel and Co. Oh. in the late mid to late 80s, which has got George yeah. Harrison and Ringo as the guests on it. Together? Yeah. Oh, great. Get I'm that watch, sure. mate. Yeah. Get that watch. It's like a full 45 minutes or something. Just the two of them. So, uh, what, what, where does that leave us? How did we get to this? I was just talking about Adele with. being attractive. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. That's it, Nothing really. Nothing to do with 1979 at all, but that's all right. Mm, she wasn't like even born, fuck's sake. There's no rush in any of this. Um, well, let's have a little look into that chart then, because there's some good Christmas songs in there as well, wasn't there? Yeah, well, we did um, Wonderful Christmas Time last time, we didn't did. we? We did McCartney last time. It's very Beatles-flavoured Yeah. so far. I was going to talk about when McCartney got busted for um, marijuana in Japan a oh, couple yeah. of weeks after this chart, and he ended up spending nine days in prison. I can vividly remember that being on the news. It was massive news, because it was... Yeah. It was, you know, it was our, our Beatle. It was one of our biggest stars, and the Japanese had locked him up. You get your dirty hands off of him. So yeah. what if he had a little bit of pot on him? That's his right, I think they you, were but I, that's, don't, you know, I know how you operate as well over there in Japan. It's disgusting. You leave him ta- alone. They were talking about he could have got like 10 years or something for it. I think at the time it was like a massive thing. Yeah, the Prime Minister should get involved with this. That new one, Mrs. Thatcher. We can't let a beetle get knocked up in fucking Japan. <laughs> Do you know how much marijuana he was carrying? How much? Half a pound. That's quite a lot, to be fair. It's quite a lot of marijuana. What's the matter? He should have used the old fucking Frank McAvenny. Ah, oh, it's just a wee bit just of Charlie. A bit of, just personal use. 
What's the yeah. problem with this? What's the problem with this? I mean, it's just some marijuana. What do you mean it's illegal? Oh, right. <laughs> I mean, for it's three illegal, weeks, I need Well, it's that. only a small bit. I don't know, about <laughs> half a pound, something like that. I don't understand why you're all making such a big deal out of it. <laughs> yeah, I still remember that. That was a massive thing. Um, yeah, I mean, anyway, can't you get a flunk? If you want to fucking smuggle half a pound of marijuana, can't you give it to a flunky? Well, you would do these days, wouldn't you? Excuse me, you, yeah, you, um, you Linda. are. Can you take this half a pound of marijuana and smuggle it for me? I don't care. Up your bum, up your bum, in your, your tummy, in your guts, whatever. No, you have to. If not, I'll sack you. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it worked back then. Sorry, um, um, you're going to have to. He says that in interview in 2004, he says, we were about to fly to Japan and I knew I wouldn't be able to get anything to smoke over there. This stuff was too good to flush down the toilet, so I thought I'd take it with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking hell, Paul. But he probably thought he had pop diplomatic immunity for that kind of thing. Yeah, they, maybe a flunky said to him, to be honest, Paul, I would do this for you, but look at this way. If I get caught, I reckon, as a as a civilian, I'm twice as likely to be searched, and if I get caught, I'm twice as likely to fucking get quite badly punished for this. Mm. Whereas you are much less likely to be searched in the first place, and even if they do catch you, they'll be like, ah, oh, fair enough, you Paul McCartney, aren't you? We'll let you off this Turn time. a blind eye, yeah. Yeah. So we might well, have thought um, of it that way. So, yeah, that was just on the horizon for Paul as this chart was unfurling. And wonderful Christmas time was up one place at number six. Um, there's something else in there I was going to talk about, and I can't remember what it was now. Yeah, uh, David Boys at number twelve with John. I'm only dancing again, which was what's this. Um, we released it, did he? Well, yeah, it was. It was. This was like an outtake or a B-side from the Young Americans album, um, and they put it out as a single in 1979 for fucking reasons that I don't understand. But this was my first proper boy in. I knew about Space Oddity when I was three, when that came out. I was aware of that because it was like a novelty song. It was number one. But this was the first thing that I heard by Boy where I thought, wow, I really like that. And it's quite unlikely as a kind of hook to getting into Boy. But that that was the one for me. Um, do you want to hear what my hook into Bowie was? It, it's I like do. the least impressive, least cool story that you could possibly tell. Bring right. it on. So I I always instinctively Shanghai, 1992. <laughs> I I I instinctively disliked David Bowie, right? Right. For for a number of reasons. I didn't have any cultural context in my head for David Bowie, right? It was a blind spot, right? Mm-hmm. I remember watching fucking um uh what do you call it? Dancing in the street when they did that for Live Aid yes. and Jagger, right? And I remember my brothers all going to me who had uh, who who had a huge influence on my tastes in pop music. Some, yeah. which some good and and a lot looking back bad because they all had pop music for their generation was very. They're all older than me, you and me, right? And yeah, it was very tribal, very very tribal. You know, you were a punk, you were a skin, <clears throat> you were a mod, you were a soul boy, mm. right? One of my brothers was a soul boy. One was a, a, a skinhead. And uh, and the, and you know another one fucking ultimately became fell the way of the psychobilly, but before that had probably been like <laughs> a, a sort of skinhead, and uh, and 
And so they were very tribal, which meant mm. that it took me a few years of growing up and making, uh, you know, friends who, who were into different types of music to open my mind about it. There was mm. good and there was, uh, like, shit, real prejudice, mm. which I tried to avoid, like, that, that kind of thinking about music now. And I remember when that came out, them just going, fuck it out. David Bowie, what an absolute cunt. Because I think they were just sort of still a hangover from punk where you thought any kind yeah. of old act was a cunt, right? Yeah. And David Bowie was just too big to be cool, right, at that time in the 80s. And he he wasn't cool. <clears throat> Plus he'd done a song with Queen, which in retrospect is a great song in my opinion, but it was like, oh, my God. So I just thought, oh, yeah, he's one of those old acts that play Wembley Stadium, right? Yeah. And you, were, and you weren't supposed to like songs, songs like that. Jalapeño. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Jalapeño. Anyway, we, we're, and everyone was, I remember my brother always laughing at him whenever his name came up and going, Oh, the thin white duke. <laughs> <laughs> it just became like just a hilarious thing to say. It still is now. Oh, like to oh, just yeah. Re- I mean, yeah. refer to Bowie as the thin white duke. He's a favorite. Yeah. So the, I had this idea that he was completely pompous, overblown, stadium rock kind of throwback twat, right? What year and are you talking about here? What 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 kind of year would this have been? This would have been in growing up in the early eighties, that was right. my impression of yeah. David Bowie. And I didn't know enough about his music. I just sort of thought, well, that's David Bowie. As a child, I just thought that's the sort <laughs> just, of music. Can I just say, I'm just looking at that picture of Adele again. Jesus Christ. I know, yeah, I've had to switch Fuck it off. You know. It's yeah, too Close that tab right? down, yeah. But anyway, then like, I went to, when I was at uni, I remember um, my who is now my good wife, but back then was, you know, my girlfriend, having David Bowie and me going, fucking David Bowie. But we had all similar taste in music, right? And other yeah. mates of mine as well, who we shared all the same taste in music, right? And we all liked listening to music together and talking about music. But they mm. all liked David Bowie. And I was like, David fucking Bowie, the thin white duke. Are you fucking yeah. joking? Right? Like, And people were like, I remember a mate saying to me, Sam, listen, right? I'll put it to you simply. 
if you don't like David Bowie, then you don't like music, right? And I was going, <laughs> fuck off in my Duke, poncing about all these songs about fucking space. You've got to be joking. But over time, I did start to think, hang on, all these people seem to have really great taste in music and really know their stuff. And a lot of them have taught yeah. me a lot of stuff and introduced me to things that I've really loved. It does seem strange that I kind of instinctively hate David Bowie, and yet they Why all think this? he's awesome. Yeah. And then this is the breakthrough. This is the uncool Bowie story, right? I remember yeah. thinking this when Bowie died and all those sort of obnoxious fucking silly broadsheet, you know, pieces about, the, thank you, Bowie. You changed yeah, all of yeah, our lives, all yeah. that bollocks that came out, right? Which was enough to even make the most fucking staunch Bowie fan go off the cunt, right? Mm. The breakthrough for me was in like probably the mid 90s, I was watching Stars in Their Eyes with Matthew Kelly. And he, some cunt came on and he did all the usual chat. Oh, tell us who you are and where you came from. Right? And all this. He's like, da, 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 da. And then he goes, well, oh, great. And who are you going to be tonight then? And he goes, tonight, tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be, or as Vic and Bob famously put it, I'm going to pretend to be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pretend to be David Bowie. And I'm sitting there with my girlfriend. And I go, ah, oh, fuck. You know, like when you used to watch Fails and Rise, you're always crossing your fingers for someone you like. Someone good. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Fucking yeah. come on. Come yeah. on. Be sucks. <laughs> <laughs> right? Be Madonna. Right? And it's like, ah, oh, fucking David Bowie. Oh, bollocks. Fucking David Bowie. I hate David Bowie. This will be shit. I might go and make a cup of tea. So he comes back through the smoky doors, right? And he starts playing the opening chords on his guitar of Starman. And it hit me yeah. like this. It, this bloke was probably a fucking mechanic, right, from the from Wolverhampton or something like that. Yeah. Fuck knows who he was. And he starts doing it, and I go, fucking hell, this is a song, isn't it? And my girlfriend yeah. goes, yeah, it is. It's a fucking classic. And he does Starman, this fucking mechanic from Wolverhampton. I went, fuck me. That is a fucking good song, to be fair. And she went, yeah, of course it is. It's one of David Bowie's most famous songs. It's a He's classic brilliant. song, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like his fucking love me do or something like that and I'm oh right yeah alright maybe it's not that bad then and that one song then I thought well maybe I'll listen to the Bowie version although I doubt it'll be as good as that because that'll take some fucking beating <laughs> that for me is the definitive rendition <laughs> yeah. of Starman right <laughs> so then I got uh, you know the best of changes or whatever it's called I'll oh, yeah. give it another go and I listened to Bowie do it but yeah, it's not bad and that was, and then after that, I listened to all of them, and then I started That's listening brilliant. to all the albums, and then I'm like, oh yeah, David Bowie, yeah, good. That's I mean, I'd still say, you know, I'm not like, I mean, you're sat there wearing a Bowie t-shirt. I'm oh, like, I am. For, yeah. For me, you know, I'm I'm much more all about the Nile Rodgers album than I am about any of the other stuff, but. You know, and I all know valid. that's probably all, not all, the trendy nah, thing nah, to say. All, either, all but. valid, all different phases of boy, mm. but it's it's like that's the thing. You always get these documentaries of 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 um, broadsheet commentators and pop stars, yeah. and they'll say, "Yeah, well, life changed when I saw him do Starman on top of the pops in 1972." And it was like the world went from black and white into color. It's usually, Ga- it's usually Gary Kemp. Let's be honest; it's usually Gary yeah. Kemp. Yeah, and, all, and also it's like book. people always do this one as well. <clears throat> to me, you know, work, growing up in a very ordinary home in the suburbs yeah. of insert provincial town here, <laughs> back in back, back in, you know, like there was nothing that I could relate to. Yeah, there was yeah, nothing that made yeah. me think that my life was special. And then suddenly, <laughs> David Bowie came on one day and did Spiders from Mars, and I thought, I get this. 
He yeah. speaks to me. And I'm thinking, in what fucking way did some fucking geezer, <laughs> uh, right, from Kent, in a load of makeup and a fucking magician's hat, singing about fucking Mars, relate to you, you cunt? This doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, uh, cliche. Uh, uh. Yeah. It's like that old fucking just, film that some broadsheet newspaper say- writer did about how Bruce Springsteen changed his life. And you watch it and you think, ah, fuck this, you could have told this in five minutes. Like, there you were at school and then suddenly someone played you fucking Born to Run yeah. and you thought that was good and it passed the time of day because it was just one extra way of not being fucking bored because being kid, being a kid in the fucking 80s was boring. So if you found out some music you liked then it livened up your fucking day. It was something to pass the time. Just, Not everyone has to go, when I discovered that burn. I mean, I liked the Happy Mondays when I was 15 because I thought it sounded nice to listen to in my it, fucking yeah. ears. Just, just be it honest, didn't just go, say, Suddenly I realised that yeah. my whole world was at the centre of this. It's so egotistical as well just to say, describe I, your I love of music song. in relation to your own personal experience. I heard that song and I went out and bought it and then they brought another one out three months later. I liked that one as well. And then there was uh, an album uh, and that was do? good. How and did I it change your life? Well, what happened was I bought it in our <laughs> price. Then I went home and I stuck it on on my fucking cassette player. And when it played, I thought, that's nice. <laughs> and then what happened? <laughs> Did your whole again. worldview change? <laughs> Did your understanding of the human condition change? No, not really. I just thought it was nice to listen to. Made me feel a bit happy. Made me feel happy, while. yeah. I listened to it on a bus on me Walkman. And tell me, as a working class... Oh, you were on the bus. How fascinating. You were on the bus. And, and where were you going on the bus? And what, what, So your parents couldn't afford a car? No, my mum had a car, but she'd driven it to her oh to work. And was that at the foundry? No, it was just a, an office she worked at. <laughs> I see. And, and and on the bus, it must have been very difficult. No, it's quite convenient actually, because it stopped at the bottom of my road and it went straight to my school. <laughs> oh. I'm definitely more and, into and, that. And, and, and someone like Bowie blending colour to this life of drudgery. No, it wasn't really a life of drudgery, mate. I was all right. I had a bus to get to school and I had plenty of mates. <laughs> and but Bowie must have really enlightened that. No, not, no, it didn't. It was just something that I listened to because if not, I, you'd have to listen to other people chatting on the bus. It's a bit boring. So the main thing I did was just to drown out the noise of other people's conversations. <laughs> yeah. And then I'd listen to it when I was doing my own work. Sometimes I'd put it on a bit quiet in the background. It was nice. <laughs> Help me relax. <laughs> Uh, we concentrate a bit, and that was it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Fucking hell, these cunts. I mean, the whole fucking but the industry in fucking... Here's something in which I've been asked to write about David Bowie dying, but in fact, I'm going to give you a fucking unsolicited autobiography of my mm. fucking tedious life growing up. My tedious, inconsequential, and entirely unexceptional fucking childhood in a provincial town in fucking the UK in the 80s. And I'm going to make the whole... Fu- I want to write an essay about that, you cunts. Right? It's like, why? Just say David Bowie's died. I had a load of his records. They were good. Bye. That's, yeah. And that's the thing. I know that in cases like that where someone's asked to write a tribute, but the number of times you see a celebrity dying and you'll see somebody tweet about it and make it all about them. Totally. You know what I mean? 100%. Especially if they've 100%. met them. 100%. Yeah. If you say... I met this person, they were really nice, and here's a story that is insightful to them. That, But it has to be fucking legit. Like, you know, yeah, oh, yeah, that's nice. Like, mm. oh, you could go, Elvis died. I met him once. I had a flat tyre 
on the hard shoulder on the M40 approaching Oxford, right? And I thought, I'm fucked here because it was before mobile phones. But then a massive limousine fucking pulled over and Elvis stepped out and someone stepped out in a in a rhinestone jumpsuit with a cloak. And I thought, oh, who's this? And he come over and he goes, you need a little bit of help with your tyre. I got a monkey wrench in the booth. I can help okay. you change your tyre. Because he was really strong, he lifted the car up while I chased the yeah, tyre. Because I didn't have a jack. So he said, don't worry, little lady. I'll lift the car up. You don't need no jack. <laughs> uh, I'm the world's strongest, Elvis. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he held it, and it was raining, and it didn't. he didn't care. He got all wet, and his quiff suddenly went all limp and floppy. Down the side of he, his head. he didn't care, and he didn't take his big sunglasses off, neither. But I tell you what, the rain bounced off his rhinestone suit and I got myself one the week after. I thought that's yeah, really useful. Uh, people thought he wore it rain. just to be flashed, but it was actually a very practical piece Walk of gear. It. Yeah. It's waterproof. <laughs> people think I, this is made out of Gartex, which isn't available yet in shops, but I know a guy at NASA who made it for me. <laughs> it keeps me dry when I'm in England. <laughs> Where the rain pours down on me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a story like that, fine. Do one of your Twitter threads on it. Well, actually, but I hate the ones who go, well, well, Keith Chegwin's died. I remember when I was growing up in fucking Bedfordshire and Keith Chegwin <laughs> came along and I just thought I was a normal person from Bedfordshire but then Keith Chegwin showed me that I wasn't normal. I was exceptional and probably one day I'd write in the art section of the Times which is what I now do. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> End, file, send, receive £500. <laughs> Invoice. I thought I was just a normal person who went to an oh, averagely placed private school in the, in Surrey. But in fact, oh. it turned out I was destined for greatness. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm really into that, that kind of incongruous way of getting into boy, whether it's a reissue of a B-side from five years previously or a stars in their eyes performance. Yeah. Or imagine if someone's first entrance into boy is, is dancing in the street with Jagger. Which we've yeah. decided in the past is actually fucking brilliant and yeah, not yeah, it's great. naff and rubbish like a lot of people think it is. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah, it's the great. video for it is superb. Can I tell you what? one more thing about people about the role that stars <laughs> in their eyes can have on people's music? Because everyone always goes, yeah. oh, it was this appearance on the old grey whistle test or is this appearance on top of the pops or appearance yeah. on the tube, right? But People underestimate the power over the years of stars in their eyes to introduce young minds to great artists. Massively underrated, right? yeah. And do you remember they brought it back with our uh, erstwhile mm-hmm. colleague, um, Paul Hawksby, writing it brilliantly and Harry Hill presenting yeah. it a few years ago. Right? Yeah. And I said to Len and my daughter, I said, right, kids, sit down. We're going to watch this stars in their eyes. It's fucking great. Plus, they love Harry Hill. And so I was like, and you're going to love it even more because Harry Hill's presenting it, right? Episode one, we're all rooting for different winners. Len was probably only about six, yeah? Yeah. Five or six. And someone comes on being Meatloaf, doing Bat Out of Hell, right? Now, when you're a five-year-old boy, Meatloaf doing Bat Out of Hell is really something that is going to fucking capture your attention. Blow your mind, yeah. <laughs> you're like, fucking hell. 
what is this? This is brilliant, right? So Len was spellbound and got really, really, really right behind the guy doing Meatloaf, right? To the extent that when Meatloaf didn't win, he burst out in tears and went mentally oh, through attention. Oh, no. But so, and then after that, he had an interest in Meatloaf. But here is the special part of the story that you're going to like the most. Okay. He didn't hear the name properly and he has insisted <laughs> since then and still to this day that the artist's name is in fact Meatbowl. <laughs> I love that. When he was five, he's going, Ah, Meatbowl! I want Meatbowl to win! <laughs> and you're going, Len, it's not, it's Meatloaf. Meatbowl! Meatbowl! And then they go, oh. and the winner is... And it was fucking, I don't know, Frankie Valley. And he's like, ah, no, meatball. <laughs> it goes back to our uh, previous topic of your favourite balls, isn't it? What's your favourite ball? It's me, meatball. Meatball. <laughs> he fucking loves meatball. I'll do anything for love, Brilliant. but I won't do that. Meatball's greatest hit. Fucking great. Forever now, he was meatball. Um... <laughs> And we've got Elvis Coscuello and Meatball now in the list of alternative <laughs> yeah. names. On our list of <laughs> mi- yeah. misheard pop star names. Yeah. Right, we're going to leave it there. Uh, I reckon right. there's probably another episode to be Yeah, done it's on a great this, chart, this. In this and we've chart talked we not about it at all. Talk about stuff that's in it rather than other things. But, you know, there's no rush. Um, thanks we very much for listening, Elvis everybody. <laughs> thanks very much. Uh, goodbye. Oh. <laughs> Mercy, that was a good show.